This is Charlie's Kitchen. I'm on a trek to become a better home chef, and I'm here to share my experiences with you. I'm testing out cookbooks and learning new things, and each week I'll share with you what's on my menu. From wild successes to disastrous failures, you'll hear it all. So get ready and welcome to Charlie's Kitchen. Welcome back to Charlie's Kitchen. My name is Lindsay Nelson, and today we are continuing to cook through Betty Crocker's Lost Recipes cookbook. Today we will be taking a look at Lobster Newberg. However, I have to point out, this is not a, uh, let's say, I did not do an accurate representation of this recipe, or uh, uh, it did not turn out, uh, well, it, it, you can't have expected it to turn out how it was supposed to based on what happened. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. So um, let's see. Well, uh, let's start off with a little note that they have at the top here. A lobster cream sauce scented with sherry or cognac, Lobster Newberg was said to have been invented by a sea captain. So I felt that having been invented by some sea captain, um, he wouldn't have minded me taking some liberties with the ingredients used here, uh, primarily the fresh lobster. Um, so as I've mentioned before, I am a bit cheap when it comes to uh, finding uh, things to cook for dinner, um, especially meats. I like to limit myself usually to, uh, well, as low as possible always. Um, but, uh, around $5 a pound is, uh, <laughs> where I like to sit, but I will float up to $10 a pound most of the time. Um, I don't know if I will ever, uh, ever pay $20 a pound for uh, a meat to use. And that is what fresh lobster costs here. So, uh, so I did not use fresh lobster for this lobster Newberg. Um, but I did see as I was shopping, uh, for the ingredients this week that I could buy imitation lobster, uh, for like <laughs> something ridiculous. It was like, $2 for half a pound. So it was $4 for the whole pound. And I thought, fantastic. That sounds great. Um, because I, in my living memory, I am, I don't mind imitation crab too much. So, uh, so I thought, okay, imitation lobster shouldn't be too bad. Um, cause it is after all, it's not like it's just lab created meat. It's, uh, it's a mixture of fish that they have engineered to, be the same texture and flavor-ish as lobster. Uh, so yeah, that's where I started. So I ordered my imitation lobster, uh, but then come the day when I pick up my groceries, uh, turns out, hey, they couldn't find the imitation lobster or it was out of stock or something. So they substituted my imitation lobster with imitation crab. So, okay, we, uh, this recipe today, we don't have lobster Newberg. We have imitation crab Newberg. So that is <laughs> deviation number one. Well, and I, I think actually that's our only deviation, but it's a big one. So that's, <laughs> that's where we're starting off, uh, with our lobster Newberg. Now I was, um, very happy to see here, uh, prep time, 25 minutes, start to finish 25 minutes. So 
all in all, this recipe looks like it comes together really fast. Now, I know I did mention yesterday that I really appreciate when recipes tell me ahead of time to, uh, say, make rice. <laughs> I did, uh, luckily, read through the ingredients here. Um, this this recipe calls for six cup of hot cooked rice. <laughs> so they did not tell me to make my rice in advance here. Uh, but fortunately, I did uh, pick that out beforehand um, because this one does come with a picture. <laughs> Shows me, okay, Lobster Newberg is supposed to go on top of rice. Well, uh, uh, this is their interpretation at least. So I did uh, cook my rice. <laughs> uh, thank goodness I saw that. Um, and let's see, the... Uh, cooking or preparing of this recipe comes together really quick. I mean, there's only two steps here. Um, basically, well, let's see. It's because um, the, so this cream sauce is, um, uh, first you make like a, I think it's called a roux, um, where you mix in, you melt your butter and then you mix in some flour. Um, and then we also mix in salt, uh, ground mustard and pepper. Um, so you mix that in and you stir it for a while. I think it's usually like a minute or so. Um, and then, uh, once you have that, then you stir in your milk and, uh, boil that till it starts to thicken. Um, so one thing I liked, cause I've done a few different sauces like this in the past. Um, and I've had where, I don't, I don't know what it is. If I, if I, if it's too high of a temperature or if I've cooked the flour too long or, uh, I don't know. But when I add the milk, I've had it like separate, um, and kind of where all the flour bits glob up and it's, uh, doesn't turn out smooth. Um, so I think it might be from just the, the high heat might cause that to happen. I'm not entirely sure, but I did notice. So here, before you add the milk to your roux, you remove the pan from the heat. So I think that takes it, since it takes it off the, the heating element there, then it's, uh, it doesn't, I don't know, shock the milk as much. <laughs> so it, my sauce did come out super smooth and creamy. Um, and I think that might've been the key there, removing it from the heat before adding the milk. Then you, you whisk it in and then put it back on the heat. So I thought uh, that was a good little tip, uh, something that hopefully I'll remember. Because <laughs> I've had also, that might be why some of my like quesos have messed up in the past. Um, in both of my pregnancies, um, I've had major, I, I don't know if it's craving, it's just, because I don't like, I don't feel like any different than me just wanting like food when I'm not pregnant. You know, it doesn't feel different having a having these things while I'm pregnant versus when I'm not. But I, I guess people would probably classify it as a craving since it uh it's just something that I want real bad. <laughs> um so at the beginning of both of my pregnancies I'd have um I was really into queso dip. And um when uh when I was pregnant with Declan um, they had just, I don't know if they'd just come out with them or they'd been out for a little while. You could still find them in stores. Um, uh, Tillamook, um, cheese, which if you haven't heard of it, it's a, it's a cheese factory in Oregon. Um, and, 
Yeah, I guess that's <laughs> that's about it. It's a cheese factory in Oregon. It was very popular um, in Oregon. So I was um, I figured it was just a local thing. But when I moved out to Utah and then Colorado, I was really surprised to still be able to find Tillamook cheeses and ice creams um, in the local grocery store. So this is just fantastic. And when I'm feeling um, homesick or uh, just missing Oregon, I will, <laughs> will go and I will, I will buy Tillamook cheese and Tillamook ice cream just to kind of remind me of back home and give myself a little fancier cheese than, uh, than the Kroger brand. So, um, anyway, they had come out with this, these, I think they were called like sauce starters. Um, and basically all it was is uh, it came with a packet of cheese and then a little like flavoring packet with that also had, I think like cornstarch and some other <laughs> things in there to help your sauce come out well. And then, uh, basically you, uh, um, make, uh, you add milk and I don't know, follow the instructions and you come out with this great queso. Um, or they had other flavors. Like, I think there was like an Alfredo one, uh, what else? maybe mac and cheese, maybe. I don't know. There were a couple different ones, but I only ever got the queso because that is all I ever wanted. (laughs) Um, but, um, uh, anyway, so I, I'd get these, uh, I got a whole ton of them. Oh, I remember now. So they'd had them, uh, around maybe 2018, um, is when I first tried them. And so I'd gotten them a few times and I was like, wow, this is really great. I've never made queso at home. This is so cool. And then when I got the cravings during pregnancy uh, with Declan, um, I went back to the store because I was like, oh, that's what I want. But I could not find them at the Kroger. Um, But, uh, and I think they must have pulled them because I don't, I don't see them anymore. And I don't, I haven't looked in a while because I found out I can make a decent queso by myself. <laughs> um, I don't, I don't need a little packet to make it for me. But, um, before I knew that, uh, all I wanted was <laughs> to get more of those, uh, those Tillamook packets. And so, uh, I think we found them at Safeway and like we had to go to one that was a few miles away. Um, cause the other one was out of stock, but <laughs> they had them on Markdown. I'm guessing because they were, uh, not going to be carrying them anymore. So I, I think I bought out the store (laughs) I did there. Oh, and then we found them at a Walmart somewhere too. So, and their expiration dates were like, uh, months and months and months in advance or, you know, down the road. So I bought like, I had at least 10, probably more at some point in time, just because I was, I was worried that I wouldn't be able to get them again. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, so I'd have these cases and, um, what would happen sometimes, but not all the time. Um, well, I liked to add, add in like, uh, some caramelized onion and some habanero cause I liked it really spicy. Um, so I'd, I'd caramelize my onions and do all that in the same pan that I'd cook the, uh, uh, queso in. But so I'm thinking um, when I did that, so my pan would be a little hotter. And when I added the milk in or when I'd ab- add everything in, sometimes it would split and get too grainy. Um, or too grainy. It'd, it'd get grainy, which is gross. Um, and I'm wondering if that's the same kind of phenomenon here uh, as what you get with uh, adding your milk to a roux if it's at too high of a temperature. Like, I wonder if that's a milk thing. 
I'm not entirely sure. I'm not a, I'm not a <laughs> science, <laughs> science person when it <laughs> comes to what's happening during cooking. Um, I do like science, but I just don't, I don't know. <laughs> I just don't think about it enough, I guess. Yeah. So anyway, maybe if I make, <laughs> when I make queso again, I'll have to try that. I'm taking it off the heat, making sure the pan's not too hot when I add milk. And maybe that'd stop it from splitting. Yep. All right. Well, <laughs> you should give that a try too. If, if you have trouble with with clumping up stuff or whatnot, whenever you add milk to something, try taking it off the heat first. Let me know if it works. <laughs> Charlie's Kitchen Podcast at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. <laughs> okay. So sidetrack much. Uh, let's get, back, let's get back to it. So yeah, so I ended up with this great creamy sauce. And then after you do that, um, it's, it's kind of thickened up, then you stir in your lobster or in my case, imitation crab, um, and sherry, and then you heat it through. Um, and then you can add extra milk if it's too thick, blah, blah, blah. And then you serve, serve over rice and garnish with parsley and additional pepper. <sighs> okay. And uh, I will say, I think, I don't remember if I mentioned it or not. I was planning on making hush puppies along with this because um, I knew that this wouldn't quite be uh, enough <laughs> for, for dinner um, on its own and... I figured there's onions in the hush puppies, so there's a little bit of vegetable. Uh, that didn't, it, it ended up not happening just because I started dinner late and didn't feel like putting too much effort into it. <laughs> so this is what we had. Um, and I'll have to say, well, this is one of those cases where I can't necessarily, necessarily blame the recipe. Um, this was, we did not like this one. And I think a big part of it was that it was imitation crab. Like it was just, the texture was all wrong. Like the pieces are just big and mushy and it was not great. And yeah, so that's definitely my fault. That's me for not getting the right kind of meat to go with this. And thank goodness I only spent $4 on that, on that imitation crab. Cause we, did not eat much of this. <laughs> we had, I think we had enough to, to kind of fill up, uh, for dinner. I definitely hardly ate any of it. Um, so I finished him off with some bread and <laughs> something else to, to fill him up. And, um, and then, uh, I don't think we touched the leftovers at all. I, oh, I sent it with Declan and, um, uh, his babysitter said, yeah, he didn't, he didn't eat the, the crab at all. <laughs> he just kind of poked it and then pushed it away. So, oh, well, oh, well, that's, uh, I'll take the blame for that one. Um, but I will say that aside, even if I had used, uh, real lobster, I still feel like the sauce would have been missing something. Um, it's just a little bit bland. Like there was, it needed a little bit more kick, I think, and maybe, Maybe like adding some, I know we used uh, ground mustard powder in here, maybe adding a little bit of Dijon mustard to it or something else just to give it a little bit more kick, I think would have been great. Uh, but, oh well, <laughs> just say, oh well. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a, it was unfortunate. Uh, an unfortunate, unfortunate uh, 
event here. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, sea captains, for uh, disgracing the lobster Newberg with imitation crab. Uh, it should not have happened. <laughs> so if you are trying to give this a try, I'd say uh, wait till you have real lobster. If you can get it at a good price, give it a try then. And then play around with the sauce. You know, if you taste it and you think it tastes great, then hey, that's awesome. Um, but if you want to add add something to it to to spice it up a little bit, maybe some like cayenne pepper or like I said, Dijon mustard would be good, I think. Um, just something else to give it a little more like oomph. Um, and I'm thinking also, uh, texture wise, there was something missing and I don't know that probably using real lobster would help with that. Cause it has a little bit more chew to it where it's like the, the, the imitation crab. It was just so soft. It just like, it was, it was like eating, I, I don't know, like, I won't say baby food. I mean, it was like something solid, but you bite into it and it just kind of disappears. <laughs> uh, like it, it wasn't any effort at all to chew it. <laughs> like I could have gummed it. <laughs> so uh, I, I think real lobster would have helped there. Um, but I think there was, you know, you need a little bit of crunch or, or something else, some some other t- texture to uh to balance it out. And maybe that would come from a good veggie veggie side dish. Um, you know, get some crisp vegetables in there. I don't know. But uh yeah, overall this is <laughs> major disappointment. Um yeah, <laughs> but again, that's that's mostly on me. I I'll t- take the blame for most of that. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's enough for now. Um, I will, uh, <laughs> let you get back to your day. Um, so lesson learned, if you have, uh, if you're looking to substitute imitation crab for lobster, uh, I'll just say right ahead, don't do it. <laughs> it's a mistake. You'll regret it. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you so much for joining me today and, uh, talking through this, uh, interesting lobster Newberg recipe. Um, if you have any comments or uh, questions or things that you'd like to see me try out, feel free to drop me a line. The email address is charlieskitchenpodcast at gmail.com. My name is Lindsay Nelson. As always, it has been my pleasure to be speaking with you today, and I hope to talk with you again really soon. Bye-bye.